Really excited about this episode. Real estate investor Edna Keep joins us this week. She is a prolific investor here in the province and has some really amazing insights. Hope you enjoy. You're listening to the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast, where we chat with real estate experts from across the province to learn what's happening in the real estate market. Here's your host, Ron Caroni. Hello, everyone. My name is Ron Caroni, your Saskatchewan mortgage professional. This is another episode of the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast, and really excited to have Edna Keep on the program today. Edna is an investor, and we're so happy here to, to have you here, Edna, to, to kind of get some of your knowledge and, and learn a little bit more about you. So first off, welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Ron. Yeah, I love sharing what I've been able to learn over the last 14 years doing this. Wonderful. So Edna, let's get a little bit into uh, you, what you do, and and kind of uh, who you are and and what you do here in Saskatchewan. Sure. Well, you know what? I've been a real estate investment coach now since uh, 2014. Uh, We started investing in real estate in 2007. And, you know, we had a lot of success very quickly. We owned 50 doors within 18 months. And uh, people just kept coming to me and saying, how the heck did you do that? How the heck did you do that? And, you know, I realized that my background as a financial advisor really helped me there. I knew what investors were looking for. So we actually have bought uh, most of our portfolio with other people's money. So bringing in investors and investor capital and kind of sharing the profits with uh, with our investors. So it's worked out really good, but uh, the coaching all came about organically. People kept asking me and I went, yeah, you know what? I guess I just have to train, teach and train people what we did. Wonderful. So what were you, you said you were doing financial advising. How long did you do that before you got into the rental game? I did that for over 15 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I liked it. It was a nice uh, business career. And uh, I, and a lot of people thought it was crazy when I gave it up because, you know, I was making over 250000 a year and uh, doing and I enjoyed what I did. But, you know, once I understood real estate, I honestly could not sell mutual funds anymore. It just could not. Uh, and I realized the writing was on the wall and I had to do something different. Was it an investment vehicle thing for you then that you just saw that real estate was just a great asset class to be in? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, a lot of people think that financial advisors know everything about everything. Not true. You know, we were trained by mutual fund companies. And so all we knew was mutual funds. And so people sometimes would come to me and they'd ask about, you know, using their HELOC to invest. And I could help them with that with mutual funds. But then people started coming to me and asking me about real estate stuff. And I would say things like, well, why would you want to invest in an asset class that just pays you 3% a year? Because that's a bit about what inflation has done in Saskatchewan, you know? And uh, so I really just didn't understand it. I didn't understand the mortgage pay down, the fact that the tenants pay your mortgage off for you, the way that you can force appreciation in a building and all that sort of stuff. I didn't understand any of that. But when we took our training, we took it through the um, Rich Dad Poor Dad group. Uh, and so, um, and we spent 27000 US on our training and uh and we loved it you know we got to learn so many different strategies and then a few years in we decided to focus on multifamily and then that's when we really took off uh remember i mentioned that um we got 50 doors in our first 18 months well the last purchase was a 24 unit so we went from 26 doors to 50 doors overnight and and that's when we really seen what we could potentially do over the years. And now we're at 778 doors. So we've done a lot. 
our last uh, two purchases were in Memphis, Tennessee. So we're also buying outside of Canada now as well. That's incredible. There's so many things in there that, that sounds like just like a wonderful journey. But if we were to start at the very beginning, the first property that you bought, Edna, uh, what, what was it and how did it kind of come about? Well, like I said, we'd taken our training, but you know, Ron, we were scared of everything. We were scared of tenants, we were scared of toilets and furnaces because we kept thinking about all this stuff that could go wrong, right? So our first purchase, our actually first two purchases, we made them at the same time, were condos. So these condos had been converted to apartment buildings, or no, these apartment buildings had been converted to condos and they were selling them out one by one. Cause at that time in Saskatchewan, we were getting a huge influx of people and there was really no, no places for these people to buy. And so when our realtor took us over there to have a look, uh, my daughter happened to be living in what she just moved in like a short while before. And he said, yeah, these are the ones that are for sale. And I said, all of them? And he said, well, not all of them. And I said, well, what about that one? Because that was the one my daughter was living in. I would, then I wouldn't have to worry about a tenant, right? <laughs> so he said, looks on a sheet. He goes, yeah, that one's available. And then um, we, of course, were working on getting our corporation and all that set up. So it took us a while to get the offer. But in the meantime, my daughter had got to know the neighbors. The neighbors had lived in their uh, apartment building unit for 17 years. And I thought, oh, good, I'll have another really good tenant. I'll buy two. And we had, um, you know what happened back in, in Saskatchewan with the markets? We had bought a new property, a newer property in 2002, our house, and it almost doubled in value from then to 2007 when we started. So we started with a line of credit, uh, equity line of credit, because, uh, of course, we were taught never to take our money out of mutual funds, right? And, um, so we got a home equity line of credit and that's what we used for our first two properties. And then, uh, the, our, um, uh, we'd been trained that if you know, if you're going to scale, you got to learn how to use other people's money. So then we bought a, a house, a duplex, a up down duplex. And that was our first, uh, uh, kick at the cat with using investor capital. And the lady who sold the house to us ended up investing with us and provided the whole down payment. So, yeah, and so it worked out really good. We we paid full price for the house, which some people said, well, you're probably overpaying. Um, but we got full 80% mortgage on it. And, uh, and, and in hindsight, we might have overpaid a bit. But you know what? We were making a thousand bucks a month cash flow on that little house. It was two bedrooms up and one bedroom down and on a full suite. She had fixed it up. Uh, she wanted to get out of the rental business because she'd been burned by a few tenants, including some family members, and just wasn't interested in continuing. And uh, yeah, so we we made that purchase. And then ever since then, we just brought in investor capital on every deal we wanted to do. Wonderful. Now, for a lot of people, you'd mentioned that they're afraid of tenants, they're afraid of toilets. There's so many things that can go wrong with real estate investing. How did you overcome that fear to, to start on this journey? Well, the the first one was I bought a property with my daughter living in it. So, of course, that's not going to happen for everybody. So our biggest thing that we found, the biggest thing that's allowed us to scale is to hire property management right from the start. Property managers are used to dealing with tenants. There's also like an emotional disconnect because when it's your property and something happens, you know, it, it's hard to deal with. But when you start thinking of it as an investment and... um 
not as, you know, some emotional involvement, you realize that sometimes it's just going to cost you money. You know, like we had several years in a row where we made like a thousand a month in cash flow. And then we had a pipe burst underneath the ground, which cost us five grand. But you know what? We'd made a lot of money on it. So the, you know, we just realized, hey, this is some things that are going to happen. It was an older house in an older part of the city. And, you know, you just got to learn to roll with the punches. The the biggest thing is being around like-minded people who can talk you off the ceiling, you know, when stuff like that happens because it happens and it happens to this day. We have stuff that happens recently. We had my husband call me and he said um, that the tenant had called and said the roof was leaking. So we had a guy go over and look, yeah, we need new shingles. And while, and then while Warren was talking to the tenant, they said, yeah, I think our air conditioning, here, our air conditioning broke too. So, you know, stuff like that happens. It's ongoing. You just have to, you know, not spend every dime that comes in. You have to save your cash flow so that you can look after that kind of stuff, you know? And so that was one way, uh, being around like-minded people. So we realized it wasn't just us dealing with it. And the other thing is realizing that 95% of your tenants are good. It's just that the 5% sometimes feel like the 95% because they're the ones that take up all your time. The rest are just paying their rent, paying their rent, paying off your mortgage, paying right. the rent, paying the rent, the odd phone call, and which we encourage because we want to keep our properties tip top. We, we encourage them, you know, if there's anything, tap leaking, fan not working properly, dishwasher not, you know, call us because we want to fix that. We don't want to let our part properties get run down because then then they're not valued as well. Um, and so that that's a big learning curve too, that we really have to educate our tenants because, you know, a lot of people who are renters have only ever been renters. Their family has only ever been renters. So they've never been taught about, you know, not putting grease down the sink. And, and you know, we, we even had a new Canadian one time and uh, for some reason, when she moved in, there was no shower curtain. And she phones us up a couple of weeks after we we're there. And she goes, yeah, my bathroom is always wet, always wet. And of course, she, she didn't speak English, so her son had to help. And here we determined that the reason it was wet is she was showering with no shower curtain. So we then, you know, made sure like not everybody thinks about that. And of course, we'd taken the old one down when people moved out because it was grimy. But now we make sure we put up a new one, you know, because people don't always know that. Same with an insurance claim. We had one time new Canadian was moving from one unit to another and left just left the windows open to air out the place. First frozen burst a bunch of pipes. It was a big yeah. insurance claim. That, that, so, that, that's almost a, a landlord's worst nightmare on that sense of the uh, the middle of winter door open. Hey, yeah, well, in Saskatchewan, especially, right? <laughs> And, you know, he didn't, he wasn't malicious. He felt so bad, but it was just a fact of life. And you know what? You have to deal with it. Um, you get, we buy rental offset insurance. So the rents are all covered and all that sort of thing. So you, you learn as you go, but being around like-minded people teach, teaches you stuff like what kind of insurance do I need to buy? Uh, if I'm going into multifamily, what do I need to know? How do I value? How do I analyze all that sort of stuff? How do I increase the value of our property? Hmm. Um, all that kind of stuff is, is, uh, is so important. So being around like-minded people is, is really key. Do you find that having the property managers, Edna, helped you grow? And I guess like a second part to that question is someone who's out there and they're really busy, maybe with their 10 properties. At what point do they make the decision that, you know, I should really hire a property manager so I can free up my time, which for a lot of people is what they want out of real estate investing. 
Well, exactly right. And you know what I found right off the bat, Ron? Because we would go back to conventions and people would say, wow, I can't believe how fast you grew. Like really 50 doors in 18 months. What'd you do? What'd you do? So just listening to them, what I found out is we hired property management right from the start. Um, and lots of them didn't. So they would think, well, I'm going to save myself a hundred bucks by managing that property, getting my own tenants, you know, going over and doing the maintenance on the weekends. And after, you know, I found so many of those students who'd taken the same class as we did got stuck on four properties because they were so busy working with tenants and toilets and roofs and whatever else that they didn't have time to, to even look for new properties or look for investors and stuff like that. So I call it stepping over dollars to pick up dimes. And so that was a really big uh, awakening for us. And, you know, we, we maybe did it a little bit accidentally because both my husband and I were making good income doing what we were doing. It didn't make sense for us to try to do property management. Like, plus we just weren't good at it. We were scared of every, everybody and everything. So it made more sense to hire. And after the fact, that's when we realized that was the big difference between us and the people who were choosing to manage all their own properties. And I mean, it doesn't hurt to learn the process and understand the process um, and maybe manage for a first little while. But if you want to scale in any way, shape or form, you have to hire property managers and maintenance guys. You, you have to. And you have to make sure that your buildings can afford them. And, uh, you know, if you, you learn how to analyze them properly, uh, that's all part and parcel of it. You build that cost in. You build what? that cost in right from day one. On on a personal side, Edna, when did you and your husband, I I, I don't know if your husband, when did you decide to leave your full-time professional jobs and just do real estate? Well, I, we bought our first property in September of 07. We took our first training class in June of 07. And in September of 2009, I sold my financial planning practice. Yeah. So just about uh, two years later from our first purchase. And, you know, we had no intention to do that off the off the bat because we both like what we did. We're making good money at it. Um, But we just had so many opportunities. Like I had a group because they I got to be known as somebody who could raise capital. So I had a group approach me and they wanted to send up set up their own real estate fund. And they wanted me to be partners because I could raise the capital, right? And I couldn't do that if I had a mutual fund license. So that was one of the reasons. And I just felt like the fund would be more lucrative for me than doing what I was doing. And and just everything in real estate ended up being more lucrative for us than, than doing what I was doing. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I don't know if it was a new challenge because I had been doing that for 15 years. So some of it was a little boring and repetitive. So it was part of it was a new challenge. But the one thing I like about real estate too is there's so many different ways to make money in real estate. If we were inducted into Robert Kiyosaki's Hall of Fame within that 18 months, but it was it was not just because of the amount of properties we bought, but all the strategies we used. Like we bought um, a row of 10 townhouses. We paid for nine of them and got the 10th free. We did vendor financing. We did promissory note financing. We did rent to owns and, and uh, you know, uh, um, sandwich lease options like we did all of that stuff the burr strategy and so uh it, it was only after the fact that we decided to focus on multifamily that we like that but there's and wholesaling there were so many ways to make money in real estate and that was another thing that really excited us truly a wealth of knowledge edna just sitting here talking to you it's like this is incredible the the journey that you've been on and gone through all that stuff 
And probably at the time, and you probably got some funny looks, but the money that you spent on that real estate course, it's like, oh my goodness, this is a lot of money. But the knowledge that you've gained from that and even taking that mental jump probably helped a lot in, in, in the process. You know what? Absolutely. We would not have been able to do it without doing the training. You know, I, I see a lot of people, again, stepping over, stepping over dollars to pick up dimes. Well, I'm not going to pay for a course. I'm going to learn to do it on my own. Then 25 years later, lots of them don't even own any property. I, I've ran into, I do strategy calls with people who might be interested in working with me. And you know how many calls I've had, Ron, where people have said, yeah, I should have did this 10 years ago. I should have did this back when you started. Well, when's the next best time to start now? Not just not do it. And, you know, I've had people go, yeah, I should have did it 10 years ago. And they still don't do it. Still the best best way to start, educate yourself and then get moving on it because, um, you know, you're never going to feel 100% confident. I always tell my students, you know what, you can study and you can learn till the cows come home. But it's not till you actually buy a property that you're even going to know that you know what you know. You know what I mean? So I always say that to them, you, you know, and let I, I hold their hand through the process too because, again, it's scary to do it by yourself. We had coached to hold, hold our hand through the whole buying process when we started. Um, you know, we'd feel, well, how do you write up the offer? Uh, how do we write up a joint venture agreement? You know, what do I say to the lender? They're asking me this. You know, and every single thing it was like answer 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 and then everyone, everyone is a beginner was one step. at some point in something Everybody. no matter if you're a doctor or you're a real estate investor or you're a carpenter right there's always yeah. a beginning step where you need that that tutelage and that education and it comes in different forms but yeah that a, a wonderful wonderful story yeah. edna as we kind of transition here i did want to give a little tidbit for our saskatchewan investors out there if sure. we're talking about saskatchewan real estate you know someone from you know uh, north battleford gives you a call what are we telling them about good places to invest here in the province you know what i can tell you actual student success stories that bought right in our province within the last year um amanda her first deal she bought with me, she's been with me just um, maybe two years now, but she owns 24 doors. Her first apartment building she bought, 85% uh, financing, a CMHC insured mortgage, vendor financing, 13%, and she only had to put in 2% of her own money, and cash flows $3,000 a month, that deal. Uh, she bought a second one about a year later, another 12 unit. Uh, I believe that one was in Mormon. The first one was right in Saskatoon. Uh, they're doing a, a burr strategy on that. So she's got to fix it up. Uh, she's got traditional financing. Then she's going to get it set up to, to have uh, CMHC financing. I have a student set up bought in North Battleford, Meadow Lake, Wadena, Regina, Saskatoon. We own 144 units in LaRange, Saskatchewan. That's our kind of our home run deal that we did. Wow. Um, uh, where else are people buying? I've got a student with uh, 18 unit under contract right here in Regina right now. And another two young guys, I think they're like 22 and 23, are putting a six unit under contract as we speak. They might even have did it this weekend. And so, yeah, lots. Meadow Lake, um, we bought 40 units, 38 units in Meadow Lake uh, in 2018, doing really well. And I've got I've got a student um, just closed on a 16 unit in Meadow Lake and another one just closed on an eight unit. Uh, got a fellow just closed on an eight unit in North Battleford. Uh, got another student with a... 
20 unit under contract in Moose Jaw. So lots of stuff happening in Saskatchewan and we're getting really good prices right now too. Um, and that's not going to stay for anybody who's a fence sitter and thinking, you know, when should I jump in? You know what? Now with all this money printing going on, inflation's going to hit. Number one place to, uh, uh, have your money invested when inflation hits is real estate, real hard assets. And that's what I'm encouraging students like, don't be waiting, be buying stuff now. We're getting um, the student that has the one under contract in Regina, I believe it's around 92,000 a door. The last time we paid those prices in Saskatchewan was back when we started in 2011, 2012 paying 90,000 a door. So the the numbers are, are good. The numbers are there. You know, the vacancy rate's a little bit higher right now, which scares some people. But you know, in order to combat all this money printing, uh, Trudeau knows he's got to start opening the gates and letting more immigration in. Where's the best place to be invested again? Real estate, right? And that you're obviously so passionate about this stuff, you know, like you have a really keen sense of what's going on. And I, I'd probably take a guess that you probably could have retired long ago and you could have had, you know, your, your $50 and that would have been enough. What keeps you doing this and what keeps you kind of going uh, on this sense? Well, you know, I, I was always passionate about financial freedom. I, I was a single mom. Uh, my family always did okay, but they never were wealthy. And, and, and I remember as a young person being told, Edna, you have to learn to live within your means. Mind you, Ron, I was earning like $1,200 a month and I was being told I had to live within my means. Well, really? I got to learn to live here for the rest of my life? No, I decided I wanted to learn how to be wealthy. And so I, I still, I still study all the time. I have mindset coaches. I have asset coaches. Like I, I just believe that new level, new devil. Every time you want to grow, you, you got to learn new stuff. You got to expand your mind. You got to grow as a person. So my, my main motivation is I love to grow as a person, but my mantra in life has, has been for years learn, grow, share. So I have to always be learning something. I, I'm just not happy if I'm not learning something. I have to be growing as a person. And it's just ingrained in me that I have to share it. I just can't keep my mouth shut and keep it to myself. Like people say, well, why don't you just buy up all those deals yourself? And, uh, and I go, you know, it's more fun for me to share it. I get such a thrill out of seeing my students buy buildings and getting that cash flow and getting out of the rat race that it, it's, it's as much fun as it was for when we did it, you know, and I see their passion for creating the financial freedom in their lives and getting to the point where they don't have to go to a job every day and they've got, you know, money coming in. Have you ever played the game uh, cash flow 101 Robert Kiyosaki's game? I haven't, but uh, but Robert Kiyosaki is one of my my favorite guys to to listen to through podcasts and different things and I can hear the the similar mindsets on different things like that Edna. Well, that that game cash flow 101, we bought that shortly after we started into real estate. And you know, in the beginning of the game, you're in the rat race, kind of like Monopoly, you're going round and round and you buy doodads and you buy a house and it gives you a hundred a month cash flow. And, and, and the premise is, is when your cash flow coming in covers all your day to day expenses and you're out of the rat race. And you know what? That's what I want for my students. Like, let's not shoot for, you know, 50000 a month or whatever right now. Let's shoot to cover those day-to-day -day expenses because once that's covered, 
all of a sudden your mind just opens up and you flip that board over and the way the money that comes in and, and the opportunities that you get, like you can't even see them when you're over here. You can't even see them. But when you flip that board and instead of getting a house that gives you a hundred dollars a month, you buy that apartment building that's giving you three or four. It's like, wow, same workload was just as hard to buy that house as it was to buy that apartment building. I'm making a hundred bucks a month over here. I'm making 3000 here. Hmm. Life you know what I mean? Life changing, life changing. And you do that two or three times. There covers your wages, any wage you could get from a job. And there's so many other ways. Um, one of my students, he started with me four years ago as a teacher in North Battleford, Saskatchewan. And he was anxious to, to get out of his teaching job. He could see the writing on the wall. His pension just wasn't going to cover it for him. Had a big family too. And, um, you know, he did, did well. He bought some houses. He bought some uh, apartment buildings. But he's decided too to focus on apartment buildings. And it, last year alone, he made like 600 grand just wholesaling deals he didn't even want anymore because he wasn't dealing with houses. So that's what I mean. Like there's so many ways. And, and a lot of people, you know, they think, oh, the first year or two, oh, I'm going to make all this money. The first year or two is probably hardest. It's your learning curve. Your education. Find your thing. first building. Yeah. You're maybe your second building. But it's when you flip that board, get out of the rat race that things can really start to happen. And that's what happened for us. You know, like we had, we had good success at the beginning. We did our first 5,000 a month in 18 months, which was huge. Cause that was our goal. Five, 10 year goal. We didn't even know enough, like to think that we could have that many doors in 18 months. Um, so when it happened, it was like, Whoa, we really got something here. And what can, what else can we do with it? So that's where the excitement lies too. Very cool. One last question before we get sure. to contact details, Edna. If you could go back to young Edna, or even uh, well, you can choose whether it's the financial advising as you're just starting out or just starting out in real estate. If you could go back and give yourself some advice, what would that advice be? You know what? I'd hire a coach earlier. When I was a financial advisor, we, as a smaller company, we were bought out by a larger company and they put us in a room with a whole bunch of people that were making over a million a year. This was back when I was earning 250. So it was like, wow, all these great guys. And there's a coach talking on the stage and he said, how many people in the crowd have, have a coach? And I looked around and you know what? It was all the big producers I'd met, the guys that were earning a million dollars a year plus. I hired a coach before I left that convention that weekend and I've never been without one since. Cause like I said, new level, new devil, and it forces you to grow. Every time I spend money on a coach and lots of times it hurts, I go, ah, oh, and then I'm just so happy that I did because, um, and I, and I mean, not every single one has taken me really far, but I learned something from everybody and and I always like to have a coach who's been there, done that. You know, like I don't need, you know, some coaches out there, they're like a rah-rah cheerleader, go in and you can do this. Da, da, da. I don't need that kind of a coach. I need a coach who has done what I want to do. And that's, so that's, that's a big one for me uh, is hire a coach because you don't even know what you don't know. And, and we're all blinded by our own weaknesses and, and lots of times don't even understand our own strengths. Um, I like to say that I can see the future you before you can, you know, because because we went we've been through it. We've lived it. We're living it. And and to be able to share that with other people is is fun. 
That's amazing. Edna, if yeah. someone is interested in getting in touch with you, they have a real estate question, potentially they are looking for a, a real estate investment coach. How can they get in contact with you? How can they follow you? Well, I'm building a, a tribe in Facebook and it's called the Six Figure Joint Venture Secret. And it's, it's all about uh, getting like-minded people around each other. So I will give that to you so that you can have it in your show notes. Um, and then I also have a free masterclass that kind of talks about our story and why I love multifamily so much. And in that uh, free masterclass, I tell people, if that's something that interests you, book a strategy call with, I've got some team members. It's not always with me, but book a strategy call. Let's see if it can be for you. Um, because lots of people think as I did, man, I, you know, the first time we were approached with an apartment building, I said, well, I can't buy an apartment building. I, I don't have enough houses. And they said, yeah, where'd you get that idea from? And I said, I don't know, maybe Monopoly. <laughs> I didn't even know, but it was an idea I had in my head. And he said, oh, no, Ed, you could buy an apartment building. Our first apartment building we bought was a 24 unit. And we were so happy. And uh, I've taken brand new students right into multifamily. And, uh, you know, uh, just, just as an example, a couple of young guys right from uh, my area. I'm just outside of Regina, White City. Um, I think they were 19, 20 years old when they started with me. Within two years, they owned 72 doors and were making 8000 a month in cash flow. Not bad at all, hey? Yeah, pretty Love good. It. Any last notes, Edna? Anything else to add before we wrap this up here? You know what? I love real estate. Uh, you can hear the passion. I'm sure you love real estate too. There's so many uh, great ways, but uh, it starts with building your team. And good mortgage broker is a really good uh, person to have on your team too. We we use mortgage brokers all the time. We wouldn't even begin to try to do all the mortgaging by ourselves. Uh, and, and that's a huge part. Um, but getting around like-minded people and, and studying. Spend some money on education because it'll be the best money you ever spent. It's been uh, fantastic to sit down here with you, Edna. I love your passion. I can hear it. I can see it. And uh, it's really cool to be able to have sat down with you and heard some of your stories. So thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. My pleasure, Ron. Thanks again to Edna Keep for joining us on the program today. If you have some questions about real estate investing or coaching, be sure to connect with her. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the like and subscribe button. I'm Ron Caroni, your Saskatchewan mortgage professional. Until next time. This has been the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. If you like this episode, find more information and episodes on our Facebook and YouTube pages. If you'd like to be a guest or have a conversation you'd like to learn more about, let us know by messaging the show on Facebook. Thanks for listening.